Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and They tell you what they know. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. The podcast that you know. Hey, welcome into the Do Sin podcast, recording this on a Friday night. First game after the NBA trade deadline that was really quiet for the Kings. And after an ugly home loss to the Pistons, who were shorthanded, they made some deals, right? They were down a couple of the guys, and they blew out the Kings. How are the Kings going to respond with the defending champions coming to town? Jokic playing like an MVP yet again. Could the Kings compete tonight? The answer was a resounding yes. Mm-hmm. It was a complete team effort against the shorthanded Nuggets team who did not have Michael Porter or KCP, but they had Jokic. They had Murray, and they are the defending champs. They got beat up tonight in Sacramento on a second half of back-to-back. The Kings get a much-needed victory, and they did it in an all-around effort tonight against Denver, 135-106. to Each and every one of our podcasts presented by friends right Northwest Exteriors. Check out TrustNorthwest.com. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. How you doing, Mo? So good. Love Friday Night Hoops. Love a Friday Night win. Love a good little, could we call it a blowout win against the Denver Nuggets? And absolutely we can because then when you're able to sit your starting group, your main guys, whoever, and bring on the bench at the end of the game. This is exactly, you guys, this is what this is what we ask for against teams like the Pistons yep. or uh, Charlotte. You know, go, go down the list of whoever else that we've seen the Kings not be able to do that. But guess what? I don't give two shits. You do it, and you did it against the Denver Nuggets, then do it against the Denver Nuggets. I don't care who it's against. Make sure that you are getting your guys some rested legs at the end of some of these games. I loved to see it. It doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but who cares? Because it was a fantastic response, and they just did not stop until they were going to be sitting. There's so much to talk about with this game tonight after the Kings don't make any moves really at the deadline. They did make one move today, a couple of moves, I Mm -hmm. guess, as a team. They signed Mason Jones to a two-way contract. He's on the Stockton Kings. has been there this year. And Keon Ellis' deal got converted from a two-way to a guaranteed contract. We'll talk about that later. But first up, this game, Morgan. And I was so curious what we were going to see tonight. I think I was confident the game was going to be competitive. I felt like... The Kings should respond, but I've said the Kings should a lot of times this year, and it hasn't been the case. I don't know if it was because of how the Pistons game went. I don't know if it's because the trade deadline is over. All those guys know they're sticking around. Whatever the reason is, I just like how the Kings came out tonight. You know, they, they, they played with pace, and I thought defensively, they're pretty engaged. You know, for a team that we talk about the defense so often, we're seeing the shortcomings against some of these matchups tonight. It felt like, oh, they were like engaged. They were rotating well. They were defending well. Darren Fox was mm. unbelievable mm. tonight. He ended up with five steals in the game. 
I just love the all-around effort. And then you made shots. And whether you want to hear this or not, I, I do believe there is a different type of mental lock-in after the NBA trade deadline when you know you're staying put. Think about... Have any of you out there just moved from apartment to apartment, apartment to house, house to house, just moving, right? Moving sucks. But then think about if a job you might get might make you move to a whole different place across the country and you're just waiting, waiting, waiting. Am I going to move? Am I not going to move? I felt like the buy-in was there tonight. Everyone was like, we are here, so let's effing do this. It was just complete buy-in from everybody. And again, I... Don't know if that is the case. We talked to Sam Amick earlier today a little bit about post-NBA trade deadline, and he had mentioned something like that with a lot of guys and with these guys uh, on this Sacramento Kings roster. And if that was the case, great. Either way, it felt like everyone's mentality was to buy in, be engaged throughout all four quarters, and that's exactly what we saw from everyone down the list. Yeah, and I, I think so many times around the deadline, you hear players with the cliche thing, like, hey, it's a business, we understand it, like, you know, we're, we're used to it. I think that's what some guys truly believe, and that's how they're locked mm -hmm. in. But I, look, even if you're off social media, you know your friends are texting you. Like, hey, did you, is this true? Are you moving? Like, random-ass people in your DMs, like, that you knew years ago. Oh, God. Are you really going to come to... Uh, the Nets, you know, yeah. whatever the yeah. trade rumor is, you're going to see it. And I'm sure there's a little uncertainty there. And so now that that's passed, I'm sure that's got to be helpful for some. I don't know if it played a role in tonight's game. Who I knows? think the Pistons game played a big role in tonight's game. I do, but I do too. But it's exactly what you said, though. We've seen games this season where their response, let's say they end up getting a win the next game, but we would always be like, hey, their response this next game, they really need to like sock it to them. And we hadn't really seen that this year. This was the first game this year. Well, one of the other games this year that I really felt like the Kings played a complete game, but they had a complete game after a really shitty loss a really bad game the low point of the season agree the night before the deadline and you get smoked by a 6-1 pistons team yes so yes i loved how they played in this game tonight everything looks better when you're knocking down shots but i think if you're just going well the kings just shot well tonight that's why they won no i think they played their style of basketball making shots helps right but they didn't jack up 53s tonight there's better balance. They're 17 of 34 from three. Super efficient, but note what I just said, 34 threes. That's kind of a low number for Sacramento. Yes. De'Aaron Fox tonight took two threes. Yep. His first three didn't come until late in the second quarter. Mm. I felt like he was doing a good job of understanding, I got to get back to the mid-range game a little bit. And I don't want Fox to give up shooting threes. He has improved it. His numbers have dipped recently from three. The, sure. This, this stretch of games where he struggled. He's fighting through stuff. I want him to get back to the bread and butter. Get that mid-range going. What jumped out to you about Fox? Well, he started this season, by the way, going into January, shooting 40% from yeah. three-point land and at a high level, right? Like, yeah, no, do not go away from that. But 
What I love is making adjustments. And the adjustments that he made was like, okay, well, I'm going to score in the paint. Tonight, as a team, they scored 60 points in the paint. But De'Aaron Fox really led that charge. He was 7 of 15 from the field. He finished with 15 points. But it wasn't only him going, oh, I'm going to get to my spots. I'm going to get in the mid-range. I'm going to get into the paint. Because when he did, and when he did push and become that threat, he also created for others. He finished with 10 assists. He was passing the ball around, making everybody better. It really felt like everyone was flowing around him nice, but he also had maybe a different mindset going into tonight's game, just really understanding that, like, I don't have to just put everyone on my back and force this into being a win. I can utilize everyone because this is a good team. There are good players. The Kings had 32 assists in this game. Sabonis and Fox combined for 20 of the 32 assists in the game. Um, in two games this year against the Denver Nuggets, De'Aaron Fox has 16, uh, excuse me, he had 16 assists in the first game, 10 tonight, 26 assists in two games against the Denver Nuggets Ooh. this year. Yeah, I liked how he approached things tonight. I didn't feel like he was forcing it. I felt like he was trying to get his teammates involved, which was great to see him have a double-double. But then the five steals, this guy brought it again defensively. And I think that's the biggest challenge for Fox in the final 31 of the season you see the glimpses defensively of the Mm -hmm. on-ball pressure, and you see the improvement. Can you do it all the time? Can you stay locked in when, I don't know, it's Jay and Ivy and the Pistons coming to town, right? The approach has to be the same. Same urgency. Because you play that type of basketball, the Kings are going to be a fun team, especially when Fox can get steals. It gives gives you a little juice out there. And then twice, think about tonight. There was a play... In the first half, I've where he my had favorite ones. I mean, I just I just thought of three right this, now. Okay, this is probably it. This is probably my favorite one. No, I know which one you're thinking of. That's gonna be the second one I mentioned. Okay, I know, okay, I know. let's. See. I'm a let's, mind reader. Here. I don't know. Hold on. Okay, yeah, it's gonna be the second one. You let's. Made. I'll let you know. The first one is in the first half. He is playing some really nice defense on Jamal Murray. Knocks the ball away. Murray has to dive on the ground for the loose ball. Fox and Len are right there. So this is it. But you want to know where it started? Sure. In the back court. That's why this was my favorite. Yes. He picked him full court with the pressure. And then Len and Fox are around him. Fox is a smart thing. He goes, hey, we're right here. Len, you go get it so Mm. we can get a jump ball. Mm -hmm. Alex Len, Jamal Murray, jump ball. That was not the play I thought you were going to mention. I thought you were going to mention, I think, in the second half. When he had a deflection again and dove on the floor for the loose ball, forcing a jump ball. I love that too. But Or when the Kings are up 25 and he's playing some good defense on Jamal Murray again, hits the ball off Murray, out of bounds, Kings mm. ball. And what happened after? Monk gave him the little clap like, give me the ball. Let me push. The Kings did tonight what we want them to do tonight or do every game when they have a big lead. And that is play your style. The Kings are up 28 at one point in the game with like 940-something to play. And I'm going, I'm telling G-Man, I'm like, I I think it's safe, but there's still 940 to go in this game. But you know what the Kings didn't do tonight? They didn't do the, oh, let's roll the ball up the court. Let's Let's kind of slow. We believe. Put the pressure on. And so Malone goes, yeah, second I have a back-to-back and yanks the guys. Yes. That's what ended up happening in this game because – Jokic did not end up coming back in, right? Yeah, I don't think Jokic came back in in the fourth quarter. Did he actually not come back in in the fourth? 
I don't know. You'll have to double check that as I really quick talk about the sequence that we were just talking about because that the reason why that defensive possession was my favorite was him picking up in the backcourt, but you go, okay, great. He can't do that all the time. Like, it's not sustainable. But what it did even on that play, putting that pressure on Jamal Murray and slowing down the shot clock and slowing down the entire possession for the Nuggets and then it leading into what happened with Alex Len, him knocking the ball, them jumping on the floor and then going to a jump ball. Just, Jokic did not play in the fourth quarter because he played the entire third. They were going to put him back in if it had been closer. But once the Kings went up 28 points at the 948 mark timeout, Malone took out the guys and he played some of the younger guys, some of the bench guys. The other thing I like that they did tonight is when Jokic was not in the game, they threw some blitzes at Jamal Murray. Again, Murray second. I have a back to back. You know, he doesn't have all the same weapons there. Michael Porter's not there who yeah. can get hot from three, and all of a sudden there's a weapon. There was the depth in there for the Denver Nuggets, and you were able to throw some blitzes his way, and I thought that caused some issues tonight for the Nuggets. Well, I was taking a look at when Jokic was out, and, uh, okay, when are, you know, what are these minutes going to look like? And one of the first things that stood out to me End of the first quarter when yeah. the Nuggets really went on a run. I think it was a 10-0 run, maybe 8-0 run that they went on. And it was just like, really, Kings? This is how you're going to finish off this quarter? Oh, no. Jokic does, I think, the take foul to go out. He goes out. And then uh, after that, Lyles hits a three from De'Aaron Fox. And then Monk gets a steal, hits a three to finish off the quarter with a quick six points, staying in the game, not ending it completely terrible. And I'm just laughing because I was like, what are these non-Jokic minutes yeah. going to look like? And it was literally within 10 seconds. Well, Jokic left at the minute 03 mark of that first quarter. The D- Nuggets were up 33-26 mm. when he came back into the game at the 639 mark of the second quarter. The Kings were up three. So okay. they won those non-Jokic minutes. In a big way. But yeah, I actually felt that play at the end of the first quarter was big. And it, you're talking about Sabonis ends up checking out. JaVel McGee comes in. Okay. It's 23-22 Denver when McGee checks in mm. at the 232 okay. mark. And I already know I'm, where this is going. I saw Jokic's eyes light up. Jokic went right to work. All of a sudden, he starts attacking and McGee just was out of place multiple times. In fact, it got to the point that he didn't even play again in this game. Yeah. He got pulled after the first quarter. Mike Brown elects to go with Alex Len. But anyway, my point to that is Sabonis goes out, Jokic goes to work, and then the lead goes to nine. Mm-mm. So mm. late in that first quarter, Fox, it looks like it's going to be a tough possession, finds Lyles for the three. Monk, as you mentioned, with the steal and three, it felt like the momentum shift, right? Monk gave them some juice tonight. It started with the mid-range game, and then how they ended that first quarter, all of a sudden, at the end of one, it's 35-32 Denver, and they're right back in the game after being down nine. It, Monk, it, I mean, that you're exactly right. That Those two final plays by the Kings, it really did feel like those were so much bigger than just being yeah. at the end of a first quarter. It was something that needed to be seen against the defending champs, right? And then uh, understanding, like, yeah, we can push, we can play like this the entire game. And then Malik Monk, you just started mentioning him in the mid-range. My goodness, can he just keep doing that? Yeah. I think Mark Jones ended up calling him uh, the leader of the MIDI committee, and I was like, yes, please, <laughs> love it. Um, because truly him 
in that mid-range shot right now, it is so effective. It is so beautiful. What a what a fundamental, perfect shot to take, especially it doesn't matter if a hand is in his face or if no one's around him because they have to be in drop coverage because he's so explosive and can get to the basket. It, he is just such a threat from right there, and I want to continue to see it. The, the mid-range game is not dead, and it, it can be so, so effective for this team. Yeah, he's really good at that fall-away jumper, oh, man. He gets enough space. He has no fear of it. He had 23 yeah. points off the bench. In fact, the Sacramento Kings tonight had 65 bench points tonight. That number, a season high for the Kings. I want to go back to Monk for a second because I'm looking back at my notes, Morgan. And, man, we talk about what he did right away. Knocking down a couple of mid-range shots. He had a push in transition. I think off a free throw. that He just took it strong all the way to the basket. I'm like, he's bringing the juice. And then the next play down, he has a block on some help defense. I'm like, that's the type of energy you want to see. Then you talk about off that jump ball. The jump ball that happened, right? That, with, that was when it happened. Yeah, with yes. Alex Lynn, Jamal Murray yeah. after Fox and playing some good defense. Yep. Monk. Took that with authority end-to-end jammed it. It got the place juiced. Yeah, it was. I mean, that dunk alone. I mean, we keep talking about how special some of these Malik monks really are. (laughs) And I think what makes them so special is that you know already that this guy plays with so much joy. And I feel like he is happy when he is going up in the air and and knowing exactly what he's about to do. And then he comes back down and he still has that same type of energy. And I'm telling you, like there are certain people where their energy, their happiness is truly contagious. In him, after some of these big dunks, like they're not, it's not just a highlight. It's truly something that just shifts for this entire team and deflates the opponent. Yeah, the bench was awesome. And... It's good to see Monk and Lyles getting into a good rhythm. Trey Lyles had 15 points, seven rebounds, five of the six shooting, mm. three of four from beyond the arc. His shooting continues to be red hot for the Sacramento Kings. But th- this Kings bench needs to get more production outside of Monk and Lyles. You're going, who who else is going to help? Shout out, Vezzy, man. Shout out, Vezzy. Sasha looked like he was starting to get in, into a good rhythm, and then he has the ankle injury. Uh-huh. Came back last game, played six minutes against the Pistons in a game we're never going to talk about again after tonight. We will. Never talk we about will that talk game about tonight. It again. No. Why? Forget it, the Pistons game. It no. never happened. Oh, God. Sasha, he comes in and brings life. And I'm hoping that he can carve out a consistent role with Mike Brown here. Brown, let him play, man. Let him play. You know, we, we talk about how, hey, the defense has to get better for Sacramento. The defense has improved a little bit this year. Everyone wants to talk about, well, I know they're higher in the rankings, but their defensive number is about the same as last year. Dude, offenses around the league are up, up, up. They are playing better defense in stretches this year. It's not consistent at all. What they do need is the offense needs to be better. In the last 15 or so games, their offensive rating is like ninth, but the number is similar to what it was at this point last year when it was number one. They need to play with pace. They need to get shots up. They need to get the ball moving. Sasha comes in and provides that energy. He is not shy at all to launch shots. Mm-mm. The quick release, mm, I love it. And I don't know, his threes, feels, especially at home, it feels like it gives 
the crowd some juice. Like, they love seeing him get going. But then it's the active hands, too. I've talked about it with him. He makes enough plays defensively. He gets deflections. He'll rebound. I love what Sasha did in this game. I mean, he ended up having a steal tonight as well, yeah. right? You know, like, this is a guy that just, his length is noticeable. And I think the other thing, too, sometimes people will notice with him is obviously um, his slower kind of movement sure. on the floor. You know, it's 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 like how Jokic plays at his pace, but he plays at his pace at an MVP level, at a championship level. Where Sasha came from the EuroLeague and is like, okay, how do I figure out to keep up with the NBA pace, but still play my game. Like there's a way to do that. And you can see he started getting more and more comfortable before the ankle. And now I really do feel like if he kept seeing minutes and kept experiencing those NBA minutes in those situations that he will understand how to play the game the right way and can contribute, especially because of his size. He brought great energy off the Kings bench tonight. And can he be that third man off the bench that can do it? You know, he has some good size out there. Great activity from Sasha. Yeah. And, you know, um, who's to say down the stretch of the season he can't have a good role for the Sacramento Kings going forward? Well, like, And maybe that's exactly the type of lift that they need. I mean, how many times have we talked about this league and shooters and how important they are? You know, it, it's he... There is so much importance to his role, but can he find a way to be super efficient or effective, even if it is that he's playing 10 minutes a game, right? Like in those 10 minutes, how can you find a way to make sure that you yep. are producing for this team off the bench? I, I thought he did a good job too. Like even before the injury, he just started to look more comfortable out there in general. Yes, like, agreed. He's a good cutter. He's he a smart like, player. He'll make it. the extra pass. And I thought early in the season, like the timing on the cuts wasn't great. It looked like he was still trying to figure out the speed of the game. It feels like pre that injury and now like in this game, like, oh, he just looks more comfortable. There's so many more moments when he is on the baseline or in that dunker spot where the Kings find a way to get to him, get it to him and he makes a good, quick decision. He doesn't hesitate. I think there was one, I want to say it was when Alex Len was in and not JaVale McGee. Yeah. Um, and, and he saw Alex Len coming down the middle and hands it off to him. Len gets fouled, goes to the line. It was just understanding to make that pass quick and make that decision quick, I was like, yes, you have to get the right person there. Because I've seen at times maybe even Davion Mitchell in that spot. And it's like knowing that he doesn't have the size, what can he really do there? What is his vision there and everything? But someone like Sasha, yes, I love the way he moves without the basketball. He understands the geometry of the floor. Um, absolutely want to keep seeing more minutes from him. One other thing on the bench. I the JaVale McGee thing. I know he only played two and a half minutes tonight, but I think I've just, I've seen enough, man. I think Alex should be that guy when you decide you want to get some minutes uh, behind Sabonis if you're not going small. Just roll with Alex. I think JaVale can still be a valuable voice on the team. I think he holds guys accountable. He challenges yes. guys. You could still have a role. I just, I, I feel like there's too many times where I go, look, his size isn't as much of a factor because he gets blown by a lot mm -hmm. and i don't think he's recovering like he maybe used to earlier in his career or I'll, make sloppy mistakes that yeah, can yeah. completely take the entire team out you know slow down yeah. their pace all those deuce i'm still with you and i'm i'm very confused why 
I don't know. Alex or why uh, Mike Brown went away from Alex Lund. I remember, obviously, Alex Lund, it was JaVel McGee first, and then Mike Brown went to Alex Lund, and we're like, holy shit, this is actually great backup. You know, maybe this is the direction. He rolls his ankle, gets hurt, whatever. Then it's JaVel McGee again. Then Alex Lund's healthy again, and you're just, you're and seeing it's gone DMPs. back and forth. You're yeah. seeing a yeah. lot of DMPs, yeah. though, from him. So tonight, hopefully, maybe this is the start of, Really understanding he yeah. should be in the rotation. I don't. I, I think don't Len, understand that I think one. Len gives you a little more of what you need. I think you just need a little more stability there. And there's certain things like I don't think Len has the best hands. Like he, sometimes you, you you throw him the ball on a pick and roll and it, he fumbles it. Like that's sure. one of his his weaknesses. Like he's not totally smooth all the time. But I think defensively, he he gets in the right spots. Yeah. He's pretty athletic. I like that he took a three tonight. He's actually someone that has shown in his NBA career he can take a three. I mean, don't be afraid to do it. He shot 38% one year in Atlanta, taking like a pretty decent volume of threes yep. for a big guy. Um, he's not the lob threat that JaVel McGee is, but I think you have to weigh like, okay, what's what do I really need out there? And I think Len gives you a little more stability. He still has the strength. He moves pretty well. I'm leaning toward just running with Len. I'm with like, you. I, McGee has been very mistake prone this year, and I think they thought they could maybe get more out of him. But the reality is, the guy's 36 years old too. Like it's, it is what it is. It doesn't mean he can't help and be a leader, but I, I just don't know that you can get away with playing him. I mean, the the game shift. He came in the game tonight, and it shifted. Yeah, and it was because Jokic saw that and went, "I'm." Time to go to Got work. excited. And, yeah. and by the way, which is pretty wild because you say it shifted. Someone pointed someone out, want to single them out and go to work. Well, that's something that we've seen with Kevin Herter as of late. Yeah. Not tonight. Not tonight. And that was so fun to see for him. Sorry if you want to continue no, with the bench. No, I'm glad you brought up Kevin Herter too. And there's we're talking about a lot of guys tonight because this game is the perfect example of like, oh, that was a team effort tonight. Hell yes. You know, you had great bounce. Yes. You had seven players in double figures. You got to play everybody tonight because you were up by so much. The Kings' biggest lead in this game was 32. So everybody got to play. Keon Ellis. You know, Kessler Edwards comes in, knocks down a couple of threes late. Colby Jones coming in there trying to make plays. Everybody played tonight. Um, and I thought it was a balance. The leading score tonight was Monk. Then you had 15 from Lyles. You had 11 from Alex Land, 15 from Fox, 12 from Herter, 17 from Sabonis, 17 from Murray, 9 from Barnes. Like, that's pretty good balance and production from everybody tonight. You want to mention Kevin Herter. Yeah, Fox had a play ISO where he was trying to go to work. I believe that was on Reggie. Was that on Reggie Jackson? I don't know. He tried to make a move off the dribble, and it was read perfectly. Oh. It ended up, ended up being a steal. Yes. And they went for a lob. Well, Jamal Murray's pushing the ball down. Kevin Herter is having to decide because it's almost a two-on-one situation. I think someone else is trailing behind to try and take Aaron Gordon as well. Kevin Herter then commits to Jamal Murray. Jamal tries to throw a lot. I remember this perfectly because it made me so excited. Jamal Murray tries lobbing it up to Aaron Gordon because I believe it might have been even Davion Mitchell or someone, like an undersized person, whatever. Tries to lob it up to Aaron Gordon. Kevin Herter deflects it, deflects it, gets it the ball out of bounds, stops the fast break, 
great transition defense, but that wasn't the only moment he had. He had a lot of other moments where he was deflecting the basketball, getting his hands up. Uh, I, there was a time Jokic was at the top of the key and he was like, all right, I'm in a feast. I got Kevin Herter on me. And he just like slowed him down. He, he held his own. He stayed in front of him. He like actually understood like, oh yeah, I'm actually a bigger body size out here and I can do more if I just like engage and make sure that I'm 120% here. And I saw him do that so many times tonight, just doing all the little things. I was really happy about that. Yeah. And he's got to do that consistently. Yes. That's what you say with this whole Kings team. The chat asked too. Someone in the chat said, why is the mini beam not lit? Oh, why isn't it lit? Wasn't it lit earlier? I don't know where my phone is and my phone controls the beam. Should I find it? I find my phone. I feel like it's gonna bug us if the beam's not lit. It sounds like it's gonna bug yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I mean, back. Bug us. I mean, what? What is he even saying? Yeah, hit the thumbs up. What's up, party people? It's a Friday night, and you're all here. We appreciate you, 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 you. Um, super excited too to also talk about Monk and De'Aaron Fox in the post game or in their post game presser because they just looked like they were having fun. Everything was a good time. I mean. Obviously, after a win, that's what you want to see. But I also love that Fox was talking about Monk just being like, look, he could be a starter on any team in this league. And right here, he just, like, really excels in his role. Is it time to light the beam? Let's go. Let's go. It's lit. Um, we'll talk about that more. Yeah, we can talk about the press conference in a bit because you're so excited. No, about I just did. Conference. I'm good. Um, the next guy we need to talk. We need to talk about the battle of the bigs. Two of my favorite bigs in the league went at it tonight. Sabonis against Jokic. Jokic likely on his way to a third MVP. Yeah. The guy is brilliant out there. I'm watching him. Like his intelligence, the way he moves, Boys. his communication with teammates, orchestrating everything. And you know he's just a challenge to defend. I said this in the first matchup, and I agree with it tonight. They did a good job on Jokic. And guess what? He still got you 23 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists in 29 minutes and 45 seconds. He is such a difficult cover. He does so many things well. He's got great size. I thought the Kings did a good job trying to throw different looks at him, making sure that they could deal with some of the mismatches. I thought early in the game, one of the first things that... Uh, they they ran a play that allowed Jokic. He was seeking out the switch, just try to get right in front of Kevin Herter. And the yeah. Kings communicated well. Sabonis got right back on him. The communication was great. They were physical with him. Mm. Probably got away with some fouls tonight. I thought because they were so physical with him. I felt like both both sides. Sure, they yeah, let him yeah. play a little bit tonight. But Jokic is just such a special talent. Sabonis didn't back down. Sabonis went and scored on him. Sabonis still got his. Sabonis had a double-double again. His 34th consecutive double-double. And tonight, he got another triple-double. Leads the NBA in triple-doubles mm. with 16. He had 17 points, 17 rebounds, and 10 assists on 7 of 9 shooting. And he did it in just over 30 minutes. I think one of the greatest things... He got that 16th triple-double of the season against the guy that has 15 triple-doubles yeah. this season. So now he has he has one over Jokic in this game. I love to see it. 
Luca is behind them with nine. What do you think of the battle between those two? Like, what stood out to you watching those guys? You know, I, I think at time. Well, because watching Jokic, I feel like I watch Jokic a lot, right? Yeah. Like, it's fun to watch Jokic play. So you turn it on when the Nuggets are on, whatever. And you just get to see how strong he is. He is a strong body. But force going up against force what's gonna happen is everything going to explode oh no just some good basketball is happening and domos is such a strong body and he's been working on his body and understanding okay i'm not the biggest center out there so what can i do to make myself a better center and that was make himself stronger and you notice that tonight going up against someone as strong as Jokic, just a tremendous effort um i thought the team effort was there because it helped it helped uh, like disrupt his game a little bit more knowing that like the help was there. It's not like the help was all the way out on a shooter. They were always knowing where Jokic was on the floor, which I think gave Domas uh, took a little pressure on him knowing that he could trust his teammates that they were also going to be there. And this Nuggets team still obviously a championship contender. Yeah. Right. They won the championship last year. I do think without Bruce Brown, it's hurt him a little bit. And it shines a bigger light on some of their depth issues when you're down two starters. You know, that's the one thing, the bummer about these Kings Nuggets matchups this season is we haven't seen the Kings go toe to toe with like the Denver Nuggets. We, and I know it doesn't matter, but I yeah. just, to me, I'm just about to test a little bit. Tonight, I didn't care who they played, I just wanted them to win. Okay. Um, but the Kings have won both matchups against the Nuggets. Yeah. One, you, go, oh, you beat Denver twice. That is huge. Look, wins are great. The first matchup, Jamal Murray didn't play. Sure. You beat the you beat him. You took care of business at home. Tonight, KCP being out. That That's a big it, one for them. What he does with his ball pressure, his defense, mm. his ability to knock down threes. I love KCP. Him being gone, that hurts you. And then Michael Porter just had a good game last night in L.A. He was really good against the Lakers. And you know what he can do when From he gets the outside. going. His and size is a problem. Being yes, able to, yeah. like, help on Gokic but also know where he is on the floor. Yes, that kind of stuff. I mean, that will break you down as a defense, and especially when you are the Kings. And at times you have a very mediocre defense. But I felt like tonight the way that the Kings were defending, yeah. they still would have done a good job now if they were making more shots because um, Michael Porter Jr. was actually out there and stuff who knows I thought the other encouraging thing after the Kings gave up 35 points in the first quarter they outscored Denver 35 22 in the second yes 39 29 in the third okay. and then 29 20 in the fourth quarter Denver did not score over 30 again in a quarter the rest of the way love it I thought one of my keys tonight was pace and I feel like we say that like every night with the Kings, play fast, play fast. Mm -mm. But so it's so vital to do it against this team. Denver is near the bottom of the NBA in pace. I think they came into tonight like 29th in pace. Okay. Near the bottom. All right. They want to slow it down and control it in the half court. So on the second I have a back-to-back, -back, the Kings really needed to make sure they were pushing, pushing, yep. pushing. I thought they did a great job of that even when they had the lead. Ben. Well, one of my favorite things that I think the Kings just keep getting better and better at, they're able to push the pace on made baskets. That is, that's wild to think about, right? Like sometimes you see teams, they're able to get one or two, you know, where it's like, they're catching team off guard. The transition defense isn't there. The Kings, 
when they do that, when they have whoever it is download, taking the ball out, understanding to push the ball up, um, go, go, go. It's, it's one of the quickest things I've ever seen. I, I mean, for anyone out there that played point guard growing up, it's, I know for me, it was one of my favorite thing whenever you had someone quickly taking the ball out, outletting to you, go, 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 because you do feel like you are in charge over the other team. You have the power over the other team because they're not even expecting it. They can't even keep up. You are the one with the ball. And I love when De'Aaron Fox is able to do that. And sometimes even Sabonis is just like, just get the ball into me. Let's go. Push it up. They have to do it consistently. And I look, I know it expands in- energy and all that stuff, but push, push, push. Monty McNair had his press conference today. We can talk about that a little bit later too. But one of the things he was talking about, he was asked about like, hey, the... Then the defense needs to get better. But his big thing is like, we need to get back to more of the offensive team we wore last year. We need to play with pace. We need to increase the pace more and get that going. I do agree with him. And the Kings lately, their pace has been up. Mike Brown said before the game, I think over the last like 10 games, they're top five in pace. Okay. Push, push, push. They're such a better team when they do that. And then, you know, tonight, Denver just looked kind of out of sorts. I think some of it was the Kings defense for sure. They had 11 steals tonight. Fox with five of those, as we mentioned. Denver, though, had 21 turnovers in that game. Do you understand that Sacramento scored 37 points off those 21 turnovers? Wow. It's a fantastic number. For perspective, Sacramento turned the ball over 16 times. That turned into 19 points for the Denver Nuggets. So just a great job. Kings 60 points in the paint to 42. They out-rebounded them. Also, Sacramento had 16 fast break points in this game. Pushing, executing. I mean, that was, it's, it wasn't, it's like you said, it wasn't just like, oh, shots are being made. This is why they're winning. It was execution on every possession. Yeah. It was focus on every possession, whether it was on the defensive end or the offensive end. It can't be easy, but it's what you have to do and have to push yourself and your teammates to do to, if you want to be considered a good team in this league. So the Kings at the half led by 10. It was 67-57, I believe, at the half. Is that right? That sounds about right. Yeah, I know I it was a 10-point lead. I don't know why I'm questioning myself. I wrote that down. 67-57 Sacramento at the half. I thought the third quarter is when Fox really even brought it harder defensively. Like his engagement. I wrote down he had a great contest on a Peyton Watson jam attempt. Peyton Watson went up. He looked like he was going to jam it. And Fox went straight up. Ugh. The verticality. Altered the shot, missed the dunk. That was fantastic. Uh, so that was really good to see. Uh, I thought Keegan had some nice moments. He had a great find. Let's talk Just a him. bonus in the two-man game. Keegan tonight ended with 17 points. He had two assists. He did on 6 of 11 shooting. It was good to see him score a little bit tonight. Being aggressive. I noticed that right from the start, mm. Deuce. Well, I, he started 0 for 3, right? And, and he and I was he like, took the first three shots or keep something going. like that. Yeah. Keep going. I yeah. mean, that that is how I felt even in that moment. I was like, good for you. I can tell you want it. Go. Keep going. Keep being confident. Keep being aggressive. And I'm glad that he stuck with it and he ended with 17 points. Got to the free throw line. I mean, you know, had four attempts. It's It was just nice to see that he was understanding that he has to be a part of this offense for them to actually have a chance to keep winning. Something that was said on um, Mike Brown's post game tonight. Yeah. 
he was asked about Keegan and what he liked. He said, the one thing with Keegan, uh, I think he was asked by Sean Cunningham, like, do you have to be on him? Do you guys have to be on him to, to be aggressive and, and to, to go for his? He goes, you know, everyone has advice for Keegan. Everyone wants to give him a ton of advice. We try to let him figure it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he said, the one thing I tell Keegan is, if I see you out there slumping your shoulders because mm. you make a mistake offensively or defensively, you're sitting on the bench. Good. Love and it. he said, what I told him is I've been around guys that throw the ball in the stands three times in a row off bad turnovers, and they still find a way to score 50 in a game. <laughs> you have to have the mindset of I'm good. I'm good. And I, I think we all have to remind ourselves sometimes I'm a huge Keegan Murray fan. There's some that disagree with me on this. I think he's got an upside to be an all-star level two-way threat in this league. But he's also in year two, and he's going to be up and down. I thought last game Mike should have put him back in there, even though he had four fouls, and allowed him to try to get some stops against the Pistons. But he's 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 going to have moments where he goes through this, and he's got to get through it, and, and Mike's got to coach him and, and keep him accountable on these things. And so it was good to see him respond. I also loved, you know, to my example of them not just settling for threes tonight. You've talked about this a lot this year. It's like, look, the three's fine. Mm-hmm. You want to shoot threes. This is the NBA in 2024. You're going to launch threes. Yeah. But you don't have to make every one of your shots threes. Keegan had an open shot in the corner for yeah. three. Pump faked on the closeout. Stepped in for a mid-range jumper. Cool. That's, you and guys, he made it. You it counts guys. for two. It's okay, And it's okay that it <laughs> yeah. counts for two. It's like... Always take the best shot, not the first shot. And when you, and the, that's the other thing. These players, especially on this roster, are so talented offensively. And they're capable of doing so much more than just catching and shooting that you just hope that they continue to understand, put the ball on the floor, yeah. be confident with it, go at the basket for yourself. Oh, it's not there midair. Boom. You still got Trey Lyles in the corner, whoever else in the corner, you know, like you, there, there are just so many weapons. And when they play like this, when they play strong, when they play confident, it just beautiful basketball happens and it happened really consistently throughout this entire game. I was really happy that Keegan had another bounce back game or however you want to put it. Yeah, it was a bounce back game. He's done some really good things defensively this year, just offensively the last few games, you know, not making shots or not getting enough attempts. You, He's got to keep being aggressive. And I love that. Like you said, first quarter, he came out aggressive. He missed all the shots early. And you're going, yeah. shit, is he just in a funk? He kept playing. Ended up knocking down shots, finished with 17 points. I don't know if that would give us a bonus enough love either. I, I know we talked about him for a second, Morgan, but I I don't want to harp on the all-star thing, but it is pretty insane as these games keep happening. Where I you're just love like, how obvious it dude, is. Dude, it's like love. this guy is playing love. the best basketball mm-hmm. of his career. He was great last year. He was an all-NBA player last year. He's playing great, and I, I think... His consistency mm. from playing hard, but just being a menace on on the glass. Thirty four straight double doubles. That's put him puts him in a kind of a unique category. Kings PR had a number tonight about that with his. I'm going to find it here. You heard me stretching. I was like, uh, I'm going to find it. Uh, Sabonis extended his double-double streak to 34 games the first half against Denver. He is now tied with Bill Walton 
for the seventh longest double-double streak since the ABA-NBA merger. Walton did it in October of 1976 through December of 1976. I'm, it, you guys. That's a long-ass time ago. What is the That's like 47 years ago that that happened. All right, Sabonis, so 34 straight double doubles. It's incredible. It's in, and it's it's not it's it's powerful yep. what he's doing. And I think sometimes we go are his numbers translating into wins? Well, the Kings are 29 30 and 21 now. They're 30 and 21. 30 and 21 on the year, which is great. I mean, it's Really good. You know, again, you're talking about a team that last year wasn't even expected to make the playoffs. And they finished with the third third seed in the West, and um, they make the postseason. This year, I think so many people were like, well, what can they do next? If you win coach of the year, GM of the year, and you have the best offense, and then you make the first round, then you have to up every single one. Progress isn't always just linear. Like, Deuce and I were talking about this today. If, if we were to look back at the chart of our podcast progress and how it went, uh, 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 and, you know, like wherever you want to go with it. It's our like career. Our entire career. Oh, my like, God. Like, there's going to be those ups and downs. And the fact that we're still seeing such a high upside this season, and then Domas, one of your best players on this team, just got that much better this year it's incredible and it's going in those numbers that he's having they're going to keep leading to so much success for this team this year has been frustrating in a lot of ways because of the inconsistencies sure they are 30 and 21 right now last year at this time they were 29 and 22 so a game ahead of where they were last year okay okay a fun year exciting year yes the, the kings have left some wins on the table this year i i still maintain that this team hasn't played their best basketball yet, what they're capable of. I don't know if they're going to be able to get there, right? One win doesn't change everything. Mm -mm. I love the response tonight, but, you know, you don't just, like, ignore what happened against the Pistons. You do move on, and you have to, like, keep going. But, you know, it just it doesn't erase the other night, sure. for sure. I said, hey, forget about it. But you just you have to move forget on. Now, just like you have to move on from tonight. You got OKC coming up on Sunday. They're going to be on a second night of back-to-back. But my point is, I, this team is going to be inconsistent because they still have flaws. I get that. Yes. But they are capable of closing games better. I believe that. They may have games where they can't guard and they're going to have defensive breakdowns. I think this team has higher offensive upside than they have shown this year. I think they are more capable of closing games than they have shown at times this year. And if they do that, they should be able to be but a it, pretty good team. It always feels like they're learning that. Like it feels like yeah. it feels like even when the ups and downs come, it's not it doesn't feel like it's down forever. What? Their longest losing streak was 4 this season yep. and you know they ended it you know, it was like they ended it, and then you haven't seen a four-game losing streak again. It's great. They just came home from a great road trip, and then they, you know, shit the bed against the Pistons, and then they beat the defending. But champs. even it's on like, the road trip, you felt the like roller coaster riding games with at Dallas. Well, what the you Memphis felt, game. what you felt was 
they got the win, yeah. but they're not closing. Right, they're Chicago. not closing out games the right way, but they're closing out games, which is a step. But now how do you close out games the right way? Tonight would be one of those examples of closing out the game the right way. Can't What can they do to grow off of this and show a little bit more consistency here? Can I give you a couple of other Sabonis notes in this one? Yes, Here's please. one more at least. I have one on Fox. Demonis Sabonis with the 16th triple-double of the season. It's the most in the NBA, as we mentioned. He now has 48 career triple-double doubles including 30 with sacramento Jeez. 30 of the 48 are with the sacramento kings That's wild. Uh, we mentioned Aaron fox with five steals tonight it's the fourth game of the season with five plus steals including his third over his last five games whoa i believe the stat i heard post game was that he's 21 steals in the last five games yeah Fox has the second most five steal games in the NBA this season and the most by a Kings player since Ron Artest. Whoa. In the 07-08 season. Um, so that was that was the other tweet I saw. I saw Frankie Cardicelli tweet out most games this season with five plus deals. SGA five, De'Aaron Fox four, Paul George three, Kawhi Leonard three. I mean, he wow. like he's on a list of <laughs> Top defenders, you know, like he's doing something that I think so many people had confidence in what he could do on the defensive end, and nobody locked in. He didn't lock in. He's locking in, and he's only going to get better. I, I feel every like. night. Yes, um, I just saw something on social media from the Kings. Apparently, you know, De'Aaron Fox was the defensive player of the game tonight by the Kings. Okay, uh, he gave himself the crown tonight. Shut up. Oh, That's, he was feeling himself. The Aaron tonight. Fox gave himself the crown tonight. No. So Mike Brown for audio people. Mike Brown walks in and De'Aaron's already sitting in the throne that they have in the locker room, staring at him walking. And he's they're just laughing. Okay, one other thing I noticed in this, and not to like be dramatic here, okay, but JaVale McGee played two minutes and I gets pulled after the first quarter. The the first guy that's upstanding, like clapping, like let's go about is. him is uh, about De'Aaron Fox is JaVale McGee. I mean, so. that's that's you there. There's so much value to yeah. locker room guys, vets, leadership, all those things. I mean, how many times have we talked about JaVale or have we heard about JaVel McGee being that voice that they needed to hear? Yeah, it's cool to see. I love that De'Aaron did that. I love that he got the um, Depog crown. If there's anything that we missed, please let us know in the comments. I feel like we talked about a lot, about a lot of things. I'm looking about, back at my notes. One thing, Malik Monk on a drive that I thought he got fouled on did roll his ankle late in the third quarter. You could tell he was just kind of like, he played through it. Uh, luckily for Sacramento, they didn't need him to play big minutes tonight. Monk ends up just playing under 20 minutes tonight. God, what a game. 23 points, mm. 9 of 13 shooting. But he did roll his ankle, so hopefully it's not a big deal for him uh, Dude, going forward. he got hit hard on that play Dude, too yeah. and i was like what the they let him play tonight i thought it was a physical ass game which is a it's a good thing it is a good thing because it didn't just go one way and especially when you have the defending champs out there and you're always like okay wait is Jokic gonna get all the calls Jokic gets the shit beat out of him sometimes and it's because he's a bigger guy and i think um for the most part he just can like take it but he'll complain at times. I think he ended up with a T at one point tonight as well. Was that him? 
I think yeah, he, it was. Yeah, Jokic he got it too, right? Yeah, he was pissed. And honestly, can I talk about it? Great technical by the official, because some officials make this mistake. I don't know how many people caught on to this. What the Kings were in transition. Sometimes the official will stop oh, play to yes. give the technical. She let him keep going, and he just kept going. And the Kings were scoring in transition. She waited till they scored to give the technical. It's one of my least favorite things, and players do that shit on purpose sometimes. Yep. They'll start going at official because it's on the break, and they know it stops the play. I'm like, all right, whatever. I give up a point. I'll go get a stop over here. Just mess up the flow of the game. Yep. She waited to give the technical. Love it. And he was still hot. Love it. No, I love it. And and yes, and also him getting hot about something, I mean, there's probably some truth to it too. But like you said, this game was played very physical. There was definitely yeah. missed calls, however you want to put it, both ways. But I love it because then the flow of the game is there and guys are just playing hard. Let's get to some of the numbers tonight, Morgan. 58% shooting from Sacramento. Absurd. They were 50% from three on 17 of 34. They got to the free throw line 18 times made 16 that's 88.9 percent for the sacramento kings they out rebounded the nuggets 42 to 35 they had 32 assists 16 turnovers a bit hard there uh second chance points even 13 13 we mentioned the fast break points too uh the other number on the other side denver shot 46 percent they were just 10 of 29 jamal murray tonight on the second half of back to back played just 25 minutes 12 points, six turnovers for him. The blitzing at times yeah. was a problem. Sacramento and De'Aaron Fox just playing some nice defense on Jamal Murray, keeping him contained. He's a guy that I think was a borderline all-star, and he was asked about that, and he gave Fox love. Like, no, Aww. Fox should have been an all-star too. Uh, Murray was four of 10, two of five from three, but had the six turnovers, just three assists for him in the game. Um, And the free throw shooting for them, they missed eight. 20 wow. of 28. They shot 71%. I didn't even realize that Denver's actually near the bottom of the NBA in free throw shooting. Interesting. Two. Aaron Gordon was three of six at the free throw line. So clank, clank, clank. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, it's, I could justify some of this stuff second night of a back to back and they just didn't, they didn't look in sync. They didn't look hot. Like, I don't think that is how health everything that is not how their team is going to be playing um, especially when we get into the postseason let's be real about what this game for denver what's it mean like if they win tonight it's a western conference game i get it but second night of a back-to-back sure shorthanded on the road shorthanded is they're trying to get home they got monday they're in milwaukee and then wednesday they take on the Kings again. That game is going to be interesting. <sighs> it's the final game before the All-Star break, too, in Denver. Oh, no. And it's a second night of a back-to-back for, for the, the Kings. Kings. Yeah, they play in Phoenix the night before, okay? Ooh. So, you know Denver's going to be thinking about that one a little bit. No, Denver, look, second night of a back-to-back, short-handed, a little sloppy, probably a little tired, sluggish. Yeah. And, you know, here's another thing for them. They're taking on a team that just got their asses kicked by the Pistons. I can guarantee you, we know Michael Malone well, guarantee you he was saying to his team before the game, this team's going to be ready to play tonight. This Kings team's going to be ready to play. They just lost here to the Pistons. Mm -hmm. So if you're not ready, we're going to have a long night. That didn't sound like Michael Malone. I don't don't know if I can do my Michael Malone. This 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 team's uh, just lost to the Pistons. It's not without phone. Marcus Cousins. Marcus Cousins. <laughs> I love Michael Malone. I 
love him. Did not say hi to him tonight. I did not get the chance. Oh, really? He yeah. probably was like, I don't want to mess with anything right now. We got it. Second night of back to back. Get me in. Get me out. Shout out to RJ in the chat. Our dear friend RJ said, please, basketball gurus, explain to me how we lose to the worst team in the league and then beat defending champions. Serious. How does that happen? They played right tonight. They did. They did what they needed to do tonight. And they didn't do it the other night. I mean, it just, it it happens with anything in life. I mean, don't you have days where you're just like, nothing's going right. Like, truly. Yeah. And, Lock the F in, too. And that, Lock that's the F it. In. And even when things aren't going right that day, like, how do you find, just even as an individual, to get back into your day, make things right, have a mental shift, whatever. And as a professional basketball player, like, this is their job. This That is the one thing that they're doing in the day. So it was shocking that they couldn't really have that mental shift against the Pistons and just be like, okay, let's lock in. This is what we need to do. Like, it was not there. And you give love to the Pistons, but that's not why the Kings lost. The Kings lost because of the Kings. Mm-hmm. Let's give some love to some super chat people. Biggity Blake donates 20 bucks. Appreciate it, Blake. And he wrote continuity. Emmanuel D donates two bucks saying the Kings use confusion. It's super effective. Confusing their opponents, lulling them to sleep maybe after the loss to the Pistons. Mm. Bad News Sour Grapes donates two bucks. Appreciate you. Deuce and Moe, number one. Have a great night, guys. Thanks. Uh, much respect. Hey. You, you already left? Hey, Jay. Thanks so much. Jay donated two bucks saying we should sign Harry Giles to the G League. I feel bad for H. Jizzle, man. He got weighed by the Nets after the deadline. I know. I know. It's, it's I mean, that's going to be his journey you know it just it, it is what it is and for him it's what do you want do you want that and and that's someone too also like with some of these guys if he went overseas he could make you know millions yeah. but it's like sometimes they're dreaming their goal is like no no, no i want to be here i want to do it here so we'll see question for morgan reagan oh god what who is your rock and soul <gasps> diner player of the game at the chat you could participate too hit the thumbs up and subscribe if you're in the chat too as Ooh. morgan gives her think about it a little bit i want you to it's a total team effort tonight by the kings also i see we have all these people here time out uh, can we get the th- we have to do better with the thumbs up all it does is help our channel grow we should have we're 551 if all you guys just hit the thumbs up we'd be at like a thousand thumbs up Dude, that math doesn't work also but hit the thumbs up and subscribe it helps us please subscribe and thank you for subscribing we got so many more subscribers yep. after our nba trade deadline show just appreciate you guys the support the love just a click of button thank you um got my rock and soul uh, diner player of the game Okay, someone mentioning Domas, someone mentioning Sasha, someone talking about Monk. I got Monk. Malik I'm going to Mon- go Monk. Even though I think I think it, you can go down the line, you can give it to Mr. Triple Double, you can give it to De'Aaron Fox, Mr. Defense, like, um, but I'll go Monk. Deuce Mason, what did you select? Oh! <laughs> I'm going with Demonis Sabonis. I don't know why I'm hey. ever shocked. <laughs> the guy had 17 points. He had 17 rebounds and 10 assists, his 16th triple-double, going head-to-head with Jokic. And guess what? He looked great going up mm-hmm. against Jokic. Those two battle it out. I love the matchup. I thought Sabonis was fantastic in this one. He played tough. He's playing consistently. Those The rebounding numbers right now for him... They're just outrageous, and there are so many good candidates tonight. I thought your your Malik Monk call is not a bad one because oh, yeah. he brought the Kings life when they were down, to, you know, nine in the first quarter. How are they going to respond? 
but Sabonis was special. And make sure you go check out Rock and Soul Diner. You guys, they have a really cool mural in there that was just painted of De'Aaron and Domas. And if you go during Kings games, you can get 25% off appetizers and 25% off drinks during an entire Kings game. So make sure to go watch some Kings games there. And um, truly just love Rock and Soul Diner. We ate it before the NBA trade deadline show and it kept us very full oh yeah it was delicious appreciate their support the do some mo podcast uh by the way demonis Sabonis leads the nba in rebounding averaging 13.2 per game there's no other player in the league averaging 13 rebounds per game go. gobert second at 12.5 Jokic third at 12.2 dude he's a beast and it's it's um it's wild to see how for someone that isn't like a freak size center, like a Rudy Gobert, let's just say, is grabbing rebounds like this. And it's because you guys, he, he understands the art form yeah. of certain skill sets, like of setting a screen. And in this case, getting a rebound, boxing out, being in the right position, understanding the time and timing, all those things. Like it's not just, oh, luck. Because of where the ball has bounced, it's actually understanding doing yep. it at such a high level, and that is why he's leading the league. In the chat, put some love on Monk's name as always. Scotty says Monk did in twenty minutes. Yeah, Monk was incredible. Great man, and I he leads bench guys in twenty point games. The, the, how many times do we go at the end of a game? He's like, hey, he's played twenty something minutes, and he gets you twenty points, and he's a factor as a playmaker. And tonight. He gave them a lot of life. It's just instantly, you know, and when you have him come in with that spark and if Sasha can find that role off the bench too and be consistent, you have two guys that aren't afraid mm -hmm. to get shots up and give some life. You, you need to lean on your bench late in the year that, you know, these minutes start to add up on guys. You're going to need to lean on your bench a little bit. Those guys can provide some much needed, much needed juice. I said juice seven times tonight. Have you really? Probably. That's your word of the night. It is. My word of the night is mm. juice. Uh, speaking of that, what's our Sharif Jewelers moment? Juice Sharif Jewelers moment. I like it. I like it. Um, My Sharif Jewelers moment of the game. God, I love. I really loved that defensive play possession by De'Aaron. I could go the easy route and go Malik Monk's dunk. I think it's that sequence. It's Love that it. sequence. It that, was together. It was. Yep. Because it was the jump ball, went back to Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles got to Fox. Fox pushed up to Monk. Monk. Ba -ba -ba -bop, bop. Is that the noise it made? Ba -ba -bop, bop, bop. Yes. That was in the second quarter. Some great defense, right, by De'Aaron Fox on Jamal Murray. Murray goes to the ground. Mm. Fox. Len around him. Len goes, grabs the ball. We got a jump ball. Len wins the jump ball. And Malik Monk just goes, I'm taking this and I'm running. I'm, let's turn on the Jets. And he went and jammed that shit. That sequence. That's the moment. That's that's a it, great moment. It was a f just such a fun moment. I mean, there was multiple fun moments. I mean, even I, this wasn't a moment, but I just love that Sabonis knocked down that three. And I was just like, yes, another three-point shot for you where it just makes sense and it looks easy and you have so much confidence. Brings me so much joy. But truly, that entire sequence from De'Aaron Fox starting the backcourt on Jamal Murray one. and then 
leading to the, all that. Great Amazing. one. God, this feels so much better. Um, Can we just say the last two days have not been fun, man? It's just vibes are off. Okay. What? Well, I was just going, I just really quick about Sharif Jewelers. Yeah. Oh my God, look at all our moments um, before you get to the negative. Just really quick, uh, went in because... <laughs> They love to obviously have us wear the proper things when we are on NBC Sports California. So we'll be rocking a whole bunch of jewelry. But Valentine's Day is coming up. And I was talking to them. I'm like, you know, do people just, a lot of people just come in here and they're like, yep, last minute gifts all the time. You guys, I am in there and I am not kidding. It doesn't matter if you need a gift for, uh, your husband, your wife, a friend, whatever it is. I'm talking watches. I'm talking jewelry. Everything from every price range too. truly just some beautiful, beautiful things. I cannot wait to show you what I am wearing on Sunday. I'm so excited. I, you, I don't even know. You don't even know anything about your watch. I can't wait to tell you so much more about your vintage watch. It is absolutely gorgeous, but truly go to Sharif Jewelers, especially if you're looking for a last minute gift before Valentine's day, or you're just trying to upgrade all the things you have at home. They also make the defensive uh, player of the game crown. And they make that the Depog crown. They're just, they're fantastic humans, fantastic place. They have so many different locations. Go check them out. Uh, we're also presented tonight by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. You need new windows. Don't waste any time. Go to the experts at Northwest Exteriors. New windows will change your house. You need some dual pane windows. Some pain. windows that will keep the temperature consistent in your house. Please. You don't want to be hot in your house in the summertime. You don't want to be cold in the wintertime. You want to be consistent. You want to be safe. Oh, increase the value of your house and make it look sexier. Why go anywhere else? They're based in Sacramento. They're Kings fans. They've been in the area forever. They're great people, Morgan Reagan. All of the above. And on top of that, I know you mentioned all those things, but you can also save money on your energy bill. Saving money is a lot of fun. Who knew that getting windows could do this? I didn't know that. And that's why then I got a free quote. So make sure to go get a free quote today. Go to NorthwestExteriors.com because there's something being the best. <laughs> How do you know? Like you're the way that your ears work with music, like it's da -da -da. okay. I'm sorry, Mozart. I don't know this shit. All right, because they're simply the best. Trust Northwest. Do it again. No, I'll do it. I'll do it. Simply the best. You're. I did you're it. You're fucking late. No, I didn't. Bullshit. Why you're, are you cussing? Because at me? you were a second late. Simply the best. Good job. Trust Northwest. Asshole. You like that? You like that? Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd, Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Nerd Wallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Yeah, and it's a really confusing time, by the way. There's all these documents, especially with us, like we are managing finances together because we run a small business together. There's all these different papers. There's all these different forms. What do you do? You listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Yeah, because then you can be making a balanced budget and not just for everything you're doing with your business. How about for some time off after an NBA season even? That sounds amazing. So you know what you need to do? Listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. All right. A a couple other thoughts from this game before we start looking ahead to OKC. We'll talk about Monty McNair's press conference, too, and some other stuff. Someone in the chat. Oh, is Beam Cream 69. (laughs) Beam Cream 69. Uh, Good to see Kessler hit some threes at the end. He's got some potential. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, we've talked about this before in the podcast. Like The Kings haven't had many games where it's like, garbage time uh when they're up um sometimes it happens when they're down we've seen it earlier this year for sure it's not garbage time for these players like these players need to go out there and make an impact like you can sway people with how you approach things if you get an opportunity and you're playing six minutes in so-called garbage time and you're out there turning the ball over getting blown by taking ill-advised shots Mm -hmm. that's you're being judged. You're being judged Absolutely. by every opportunity. And so tonight, I love the fact that the guys who went in there, they were playing their asses off at the end of the game. That, they are playing with pace. Yes. They are moving the ball. Colby Jones had a great pass. But how about Kessler Edwards knocking down a couple of threes? I loved it. He's a guy that we know what he can do defensively. Mm-hmm. But he's got to show he can be an offensive threat, knock down some threes. It was good to see him knock down a couple. That opportunity is your role. Is your role. Is your role as a player. And that role can continue to grow if you show that you can contribute within that opportunity, right? And that's why it's just, it's so nice to see, even for someone like Kessler Edwards, who we have seen in the rotation, especially when Sasha Vazenkov was out, and it was like, why is Kessler going in now? Well, it's because they want him, you know, in there for his defense or whatever it may be. And I think just understanding even those garbage time minutes or Mm -hmm. moments that it all matters, it all matters for your growth and how you experience the game the right way, I just, I felt that tonight with this squad. Yeah, and so I was happy for Kessler to get that time. And they, all those guys, they, 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 played, they played well yes. um, and played hard. And that's what you want from everybody. Monty McNair had a press conference today. He actually he talked for like 28 minutes. And you're going, Man, you, you didn't really do anything. You're talking for 28 minutes. But... I think of all of Monty McNair's press conferences, it was probably one where he kind of said more than he usually does. Okay. Um, And the one thing that I highlighted a little bit earlier that jumped out to me was his point is like, he wants the offense to be better. Mm -hmm. Like that's the next challenge. Like this is the group. We believe in this group going forward. He talked about they had to weigh the cost of doing deals right now. And they didn't feel like any trade that they could make would 
you might be able to plug one hole while creating another hole. Yes. They didn't feel like it was the right move to make out there. And so that was their approach. And now they have to focus on this summer. And this summer, if their pick conveys to the Hawks, which is top 14 protected, it gives them some flexibility to trade the 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 30 31 pick and to make a big time impact out there and their books, their cap space is in a pretty good spot, especially with all the challenges this new CBA presents with all these luxury tax rules, the you know, second apron that can really punish teams. Uh, but his point about the offense, I thought was interesting. We all focus on the defense. The defense has to get better. Long-term, the defense has to get better. Mm-hmm. He did cite one thing. He said, you know, Denver was an average defensive team last year, and they won a championship. I mean, how many times have we talked about we that? We have, but <laughs> I think my one pushback on that uh-huh. line is this. Denver was like one of the best defensive teams in the playoffs. They had another level that they got to with those guys. They were able with KCP, Bruce Brown, Aaron Gordon, Locke and Jokic too. Like they were able to lock in defensively and do some big things down the stretch. But I think his point about the offense is so valid. We have talked a lot about the defense, but the offense has been clunky. Mm-hmm. It has been at times. And we've seen more games than ever where it's like, why are they scoring just around 100 points? Missed free throws, missed shots just not flowing the same inconsistent pace. I think that is an important part point that he made during that press conference. Yeah, it it's I mean, it's very important. Obviously, it's something that helped this team have a historic season last year, get into the playoffs last year, and why would you go away from something that you're great? And I don't think it was necessarily like them trying to go away from it. I think they wanted to make sure that they could become a better all-around team. And when I talk about this, I think I, I'm i talking more about Mike Brown and the shift and the focus being on, hey, how do we become a better defensive team? Our offense is always going to be good, but how do we get better defensively? And I think there came a time where it's like, well, your offense isn't as good as last year, or it is technically, but everyone's offense is getting better. But how come you guys aren't getting better in your offense? How come your numbers aren't, you know, really showing a more consistency out there on the floor? And sometimes that's not even just in made shots. Like you talk about it being clunky. There was times it was clunky because it was just not moving well. Yep. It wasn't as free-flowing and beautiful as it was last year. And, like, can you get back to that? Well, you see the moments. They absolutely can. Monty today said, we've got to get better on that end because if we maintain our offense and see the defensive improvement, we'd be in a much better, excuse me, a much different position. We know those things, but I think the improvement has been a positive, talking about the defense. Not being able to maintain some other aspects is something we need to work on and continue to get better at. If we were more consistent, we would be further up in the standings for sure. I think the positive to take away from it is for every loss that doesn't feel good, we've also had some pretty good wins and are still on the same pace. I think we are 12 and 8 against the top 10 playoff slash playing teams in the West. We've shown that we can go into some of these road on the road and some of these tough places and win. We know we can reach those heights, which is good to see because those are the teams that are going to be there with us, hopefully in April, May, and June. It's disappointing, of course, that we can't seem to do it every single night. If we can bring a little more consistency and match those highs, we can contend with those teams that maybe separate themselves from us in the standings, and that's what we want to get to. So, yeah, I mean, it is crazy. 
you know, I, I don't love playing the game of, well, if you would have won this game, but we know like the two games they should should have won recently. Two yeah. games they should have won recently, Milwaukee and Phoenix, right? Is that fair to say? Oh, okay, yeah. They should have won those games. Sure. Well, if you have two more wins right now, you're sitting at 32. I see, should have. Yeah, yeah 32 yeah. and 19. Because, like, at first I was, like, thinking Pistons, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, you're literally, they didn't deserve like, to win yeah, that game. Yeah, yeah. Like, the games that they... Like, they, the way it was played. Yes. And how... Uh, it's like you just didn't execute on final plays well, and or f- a final eight minutes of a game. Yes. Yeah, 32 and 19, you're in the fifth seed. No problem. And you're, you have a, uh, you know, you would have beat Phoenix in that. And then, so you have an advantage on them. So after tonight, the Kings are back in the top six. They are in the sixth seed, a half game behind the Phoenix Suns at this point, and five games behind the Denver Nuggets in the four spot, who are, by the way, a half game out of the number one seed in the NBA's Western Conference. That's how weird it is. The Lakers beat the Pelicans tonight. Mm. And so the Lakers kind of helped the Kings knock the Pelicans down to seventh. It is a wild, wild West. And that's why, too, you know, whenever you hear like, oh, it's just one game, like move on to the next, whatever. In the Western Conference this year, it's just not, it's not that, though. You know, it really is something different than what we've seen before. I think years past, you could be like, Oh, it's just one game. Even last year. Oh, it's just one game because you're just trying to make the playoffs at that point. With this, with this, this is like you have the right tools to be a playoff team, but if you don't execute the W's that you need, that you literally need because you are not like a top-tier team in this league, if that makes sense, then you're you're going to screw yourself over. I'm excited to see what it looks like going forward. You know, you, you you don't want to overreact to one game either way. It's like, okay, can you build off this? Like, can you use the Pistons loss as the, holy shit, we got to wake up and get it together. Trade deadline's over. Let's go. And we start playing consistent basketball. Last year, I know we talked about this on our trade deadline recap. Every team in the West made moves around the Kings, mm-hmm. right? Dallas got Kyrie at the deadline. KD went to the Suns. The Lakers made all those moves. Yep. Everyone was making moves left and right. The Kings only traded for Kessler Edwards. I remember at the time feeling like, okay, hopefully you can stay in the top six because all these other teams got better. Well, the Kings ended up finishing after the better. deadline 17 and 11. Yes. And they had the number three seed. So not saying that this year is going to be exactly the same, but like, but if we acknowledge the Kings can play better and more consistent, then maybe they could do better than who's we think down the stretch. To say that there can't be that internal growth. You know what I mean? And I go, there has to I be. go, be, well, there has to be one, but two, you saw it from last year. Three, yeah. they're obviously feeling confident enough to bank on that. And when I say they're confident enough to bank on that, it's not like they weren't on the phones going, hey, we're good. We're not going to try anything. Yeah. They were on the phones. They were being active. They are seeing what was for sale and the sales didn't make sense to breaking down the future of this team. And I hate, hate when basketball teams do that. I absolutely hate when they just like don't do things the right way. And it's like, wait, why would you actually do just because you want to sell more tickets or like you want to make a fan base happy? Like, what is it about that change? Now you still ultimately as a sports fan, you want to see your team that you root for, uh, make some certain type of change 
to, I guess the optics even looking at like, they're going, they're trying to get better or yes, whatever. Yes, exactly. But, but sometimes, sometimes what we see on the outside isn't the same on what's happening on the inside. And what's happening on the inside is that true belief that they can do something internally as well. And I don't know. I feel like sometimes what they showed last year, if track record shows they did it, why couldn't they do it again? Why couldn't another year together yeah. actually kind of grow that in this second half of the season? When I say second half, I know... It's not, it's more than halfway through now. Yeah. 31 games to go after tonight. 31? 31 games to go. So yeah, hopefully they can turn it on. The next test coming up against OKC. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, The Kings made a couple of moves today. Keon Ellis is no longer a two-way player. Yeah. He got a deal, a three-year deal with the Kings. I, I feel like I saw that the third year is not guaranteed. I don't know the final details, but happy for Keon Ellis, a guy that was undrafted, started as a two-way guy, and now gets a contract with the Sacramento Kings. He's on the squad. I, I am curious to see if we will see him at all play down the stretch. I like what he did out there at times. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I really do like about him is he's 6'4", he's long, he's active hands. When he gets out there, he's got to make sure to make quick decisions, especially if he's handling the ball. That, but that, I think, comes with that some comes playing with, time. Yes, and NBA I, minutes. I would love to see him get some run. Now, mm-hmm. if you, you play him, you're not likely playing Davion. So right. you have to figure that out. I thought Davion had some nice moments. We can talk he about did. him his defense tonight. He got, dude, he fought through a Jokic screen, a great Jokic <laughs> screen. Got back in the play, deflected the ball to bounds. Outstanding effort. Um, but, you know, Keon could be a good developmental story for this team. He can shoot the three a little bit. Yeah. He needs to get more comfortable handling the ball, but he plays hard when he's out there. I like what he brings defensively. Defensively, he has a nose for the ball. Yeah. He's tenacious. Like, yeah, just high IQ guy on that end, obviously. And um, just the the wingspan, being long. You know, we always talk about how you want those, those type of players. He is pretty much one of those players. And they also... Gave Mason Jones a two-way contract. Mason Jones has been playing with the Stockton Kings in the G League this year. Last year played with Mexico City. He's had some stints in the NBA too. A couple of stints playing in the NBA. Had some run with the Lakers. I believe the Sixers as well. And he's been Stockton. I love Mason Jones's game. I, I told Morgan when the King Stockton Kings got him, I was excited because I rem- I watched him multiple times in the G League. Played for Rio Grande Valley, Mexico City. Nice. And each time I'm like, God, he's just South a fun. Bay. Yeah, played with South Bay too. He, he just, he's a fun player to watch. He he plays. A lot of passion. With a lot of passion. Uh, he's a good playmaker. Averaging um, uh, over six assists per game right now. He's shooting 53% from three-point land. You know, like, I, I mean, he's a playmaker. He can shoot the ball. Yeah. He's just, I mean, his vision. He's a smart player. He sees the floor well. Um, you know, and, and I think for him, it's, it's, it's really cool that he keeps finding a way to get these deals. I don't envision him playing for the Sacramento Kings Mm -mm. this year, but it's a good opportunity for like, Hey, you've been playing well in our G league program. You're obviously doing something right. We're going to give you an opportunity as a two way deal. Also two way deals aren't guaranteed. So they can always change your mind at any time too. See you later. But, uh, so congratulations to Mason Jones. All right. Next up, Morgan Reagan. Sacramento Kings hit the road three games before the all-star break. And they're all on the road against really damn good teams in the Western conference. It all starts with Oklahoma city. Then they go at Phoenix at Denver before the break. OKC right now sitting at 35 and 16. They are a half game out of the number one spot 
in the Western Conference. They're number two in the West. They do play tomorrow night. Yes. In Dallas. And by tomorrow night, I mean tomorrow afternoon. They play at noon in Dallas, noon Pacific time. And then the next day, they play Sacramento back home in Oklahoma City at noon. Super Bowl Sunday, the Kings will be playing one of two games that day, Kings and OKC on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm very eager for this game. The Kings have beat them twice, once without De'Aaron Fox. This OKC team has shooting galore. When they're locked in, it looks pretty nasty. They could do some nice things defensively, too. They have not shot the ball well against Sacramento. Mm -hmm. Chet Holmgren has not been much of a factor in those games against the Kings. I've watched OKC enough to see how talented they are. Oh, they can turn it on. Another guy who hasn't been very good against them is Jalen Williams. He's really good. SGA is seemingly always good every single night. I'm eager to see what kind of test this is Josh on the road. Josh Giddy, the way that he yeah. can see the floor and pass the ball around. I mean, you the, the list, you can go down the list with this roster. But how they've played against the Kings, it's been a little different. Will this be the game that they figure out how to play against the Kings? You know, they have a little bit more experience together this season. Really figuring out, playing some good basketball together, winning games. So, yeah, I mean, I just I just hope the Kings play a lot like they did tonight. And I don't think that's impossible, and I don't think that's crazy to ask for. I think OKC struggles with size. Like, they don't have a lot of girth up front. You know, Chet's going to be a really talented player. OKC is going to be a problem for years to come. You can acknowledge all that and go, you know what? I kind of like this matchup for the Kings. You know, I, I think the Kings are more than comfortable playing at the pace. I think they're comfortable knowing that Sabonis has a real advantage against that front line. I expect the OKC Thunder to play a tough game, but... You know, this is a big one, too. But this mm-hmm. is the third matchup. If the Kings win this matchup, they win the season series. Hell yeah. It'd be good for them. My whole thing with this, the, these four games, starting with tonight, was can you get two of them? Can you split, get two and two? Deuce always has a thing. Oh, it is. This is my thing. I mean, th- you get Denver twice, OKC and Phoenix in the four games mm-hmm. before the All-Star break. Go two and two. I mean, I want more. Obviously, of course, you always... Deuce Mason gets greedy. Sometimes he wants three, he wants four. But being realistic, it's like, just split that. Split that, get to the break, rest up, and let's go. Let's oh, get ready for the final stretch run of the season. That sounds Final 28 of the ga- games of the year. Let's go. Amazing. Deuce and I will be on the call for the Stockton Kings game tomorrow, and then we will both be on NBC Sports California on Sunday. Remember, this is before the Super Bowl, so tune in to us. We'll 11.30 be the, pregame. We'll be on the pregame show, half and postgame show, and we will be doing a night chat pretty much immediately after. Yeah, before... The football game. We're, yeah. we're doing it's like an afternoon chat, I guess. Yeah. Oh, we, we also need to promote this. For those who uh, missed it, we did a, an interview today, this morning that we dropped on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash at Deuce and Mo, also on our audio feeds on Apple Podcasts and Spotify with Sam Amick from The Athletic. We recapped the NBA trade deadline with him, the Kings thought process, what he thought of it, and kind of looked ahead to the Kings future. You can find that. Full conversation, 40 minutes with one of the best NBA reporters on the planet, Sam. He always gives such great insight, and I just love having conversations with him because I I could ask him so many more questions, but I understand that he has a job to do, and he's so nice for joining us. So, yeah, go check it out. It was great. You have some final thoughts, Mo? Give me some final thoughts. Uh, Final thoughts. Um, Love this type of basketball. 
it makes me so happy. I feel so lucky to um, watch this type of basketball, root for this type of basketball, and then talk about this type of basketball with all of you. It just makes all of it so much more fun. And I'm excited to go into the weekend, and I'm really excited for All-Star break. I'm really excited. You've mentioned that the last, like, eight night chats. we still got some games no, to I go. No, I haven't. I can't wait for That's the All-Star. I need a break. Bullshit. I got the no, I break. haven't. No, I haven't. I, I can't wait. No, I haven't. I can't wait. I, mean, I want to enjoy the next few games. That's not true. My final thought is this, Morgan. This last, like, 48 hours, I guess, or last day. I don't even know. When was the trade deadline? What is was today? Was it yesterday? Oh, today's Friday. Yesterday was trade deadline. Oh, my God. So, the last 24 hours. Well, 48 going back to, like, Pistons. Uh, the Pistons game. Man, what a just, like, ugh. Ugh. Especially coming off, like, a 5-2 and two road trip where there were some ups and, ups and downs. Being like, all right, 5-2. and two. Let's come back home. You got the Pistons. Smack them around. They didn't. They got smacked around. And then the trade deadline just felt so like like, like a letdown, right? Mm -hmm. And then you had the champs coming in tonight. And I'm like, man, this is just everyone's in their feelings a little bit. Sure. So a lot of the fan base, at least on social media, feels down. You got people in our YouTube comments like, the Kings aren't even making the playoffs. They're done. Oh, they suck. A fire Monty. Oh, Mike Brown, fire him too. And I'm like, okay. Is this your first couple of years as a Kings fan? Because if you think this is bad, oh, let's take a time <laughs> machine and go back a couple of years, my friend. Um, so anyway, my whole point is, God, I think everyone kind of needed tonight. You think the players did? I think we all wanted to oh, see yeah. just like good basketball and the Kings played good basketball. Can they continue it? That's the question. That's what we want to see. We haven't seen the consistency, but your next chance is going to come Sunday afternoon against Oklahoma City. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Go, go make it a fun game. Let's have some fun down the stretch. This is the team. This is it. No matter if you were upset about the trade deadline, you're upset about the whole fact that they didn't make any moves, or you're cool with it. This is a squad. So you roll with it. And now you got to figure out, all right, what's the proper rotations? What are things that you have to do to accelerate this and keep this going in a good direction so you get to the playoffs for the second consecutive year? We're going to keep it moving. We're going to be live again after King's Thunder. Do not miss it. It'll be an afternoon chat before the Super Bowl. We'll be live. We're also going to be on pre and post, as Morgan mentioned. We're also going to be on the Stockton Kings game Saturday. It airs locally on KMAX. You can find it on the G League website, too. So please check it out. We love you guys so, so, so much. But we got to go. You all have a wonderful rest of your night. Sleeping. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. The podcast that you know. Deuce and mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.